Now, if you remember, if you're a PM Live listener, if you're not, I can uh, tell you that you're you're lucky because we actually have podcasts. The initial interview when we spoke to Tandega about this, she joined us on an interview with the former public protector when it was, I think, a week after she left her position, Tandega. And we're just talking about... Uh, her life was speaking to various people and you're one of those people because you just you're in the process of writing this book and I remember a beautiful moment uh, a lot of people remember that that we started talking about how the two of you met and it was in prison <laughs> and you started singing it was just such a beautiful beautiful moment and, and I think you expand on some of this in this book don't yes, you yes I do um, I talk about um that cold winter of the second state of emergency, 1986, um, where many activists all over Johannesburg, all over Soweto, and the universities around Johannesburg were swooped on and um, forced to the ground, boots, caspers, guns, and taken to many of the prisons that's, uh, that are in Johannesburg, John Foster Square in the heart of Johannesburg, Deep Kloof Prison, which is where I met um, Tuli, and Barbara Hogan, of course, had many years ago been at um, John Forster. I remember in one of the cells, her, names were, her name was written, and then um, she was then later taken to, um, to Pretoria Prison, where she served out her sentence until 1990. The book is dedicated to women like Barbara, Susan Gomo, Claire Wright, who was my neighbor at John Foster Square, and the many women, including Angie Mutsecha, although the book is not dedicated to her, um, she, she, she spent time with us, the, the Minister for Basic Education in Deep Kloof Prison. It, it, it seems rather jarring that you, you said that, so I have to ask you, why would it not be dedicated to her? Well, you know, um, there was a nucleus of us um, at Deep Kloof and at... Um, even though we didn't see each other because we were in solitary confinement mm. at um, John Foster Square, we used to send each other notes. And um, at Deep Kloof, there, were, there was this nucleus of people that got involved in the plight of some women who came from the East Rand, who truly then began to champion their rights. There's one woman who had diabetes and didn't get proper medical care, so truly took care to to make sure that um, we fought for that. And then there were blankets problems. Mm. There were problems with the cold and people who were unwell. And Tuli was really okay, the, so it's a reflection the champion of that. There. So it that was that nucleus of say. friends. Yeah. So I'm curious, Tandega, being so close to a subject, and, and I mean, that's also relative, and you'll tell us yeah. more about that, but does it put you in a better position or an even more difficult position to write such a personal story? Because uh, you you reveal stories and details that we, we try to get out of, but in a little bit more detail, with a little bit more nuance. It gives one intimacy, but it also poses a challenge, a challenge to detach and to rise above the personal knowledge of the individual, the relative personal knowledge of the individual, and um, adopt a bird's eyes view of the events and the situations and the social and economic context that shape a person like Tulima Donzella. And to begin to analyze from a detached vantage point um, the kind of ways 
in which she in turn shaped our society and what the meaning of her tenure was, what it contributed to South Africa and what it didn't. But she helped me, Tsepi, so mm. in that um, in, in, she cooperated in the beginning and then she just decided to leave me alone to adopt my own take and to, to find my own way to tell that which I knew of her. Now, I want to talk about that bird's eye view perspective. So, obviously, it implies a certain level of objectivity or, again, to whatever varying degree that was the intention. Do you think you were able to achieve that? And I ask this because you've titled it No Longer Whispering to Power. Some might say there's almost a bias that suggests that, um, you know, she was in a, a difficult position, you talk about her appointment being regarded as one of President Jacob Zuma's biggest political mistake. So was that the perspective that you had or is that the perspective that came out from the people that you interviewed? Um, it's the perspective of most people that I interviewed. And um, let, me, let me explain the title. Once Tuli was giving a speech to a group of business people and um, commercial leaders Mm. in Cape Town. And um, there were some lawyers in between. And then she tried to explain because people often didn't understand what exactly her office was set up to do. So she says, I'm a bit like a makazi, which is a vendor royal um, Mm. figure Mm. who whispers to the king, who doesn't seek to unseat the king, but is one of the functions that fortify um, the king and add insight to a king's reign. And the Makazi is a an informal counsel to the king who says, watch out, here you have taken a misstep, or here you need to tweak your response, because Makazi is supposed to be like Caesar's wife, above reproach. She's supposed to have the ear of the people and to hold herself in such a way that she's above the petty squabbles of royals or even of ordinary people in the kingdom. But once a Makazi is no longer whispering, then her voice is raised. And once the voice is raised, then it's all systems go. You know, it's it's an gloves open fight. Be- mm. It's gloves off between the Makazi and um and the ruler, and that's perceived to be a political crisis. And that's an interesting uh, point that you make, because then that makes me ask this question. Are we then going to see a sequel to this book, given the fact that now the gloves are off? And we've heard her, and we've spoken to her as well here on PM Live, where she said, you know, there were certain constraints of my office that prevented me from saying or raising certain issues. So do you see a second book in that for you? Um, Tepi, this is a piece of literary journalism. It's an extended form of journalism where um, you write a more editorialized, more featurey, more nuanced piece. And um, yeah, the book is what it is. It's a record of her time and her service and an explanation to the reader and to, I hope, many South Africans about why she thinks the way she thinks. Mm-hmm. A lot, particularly, of the clientelist relationships that she uncovered in State of Capture 
and particularly about how funds were illicitly moved out of the country, as well as the issue of how the relationships of patronage operate to pervert the state and state institutions from their original democratic mandate to serve a new and perverse purpose, one that seeks to um, to change these institutions to serve elite, private, small interests, mainly commercial interests, and how it erodes the democratic vote and so on. That is not fully explained in the book, and you don't get a sense of the transactions the actual patterns of the movements of funds that I will attend to in other forms of journalism that are coming up in the course of the year. Speaking of which, I've then my final question, and um, how you answer it is up to you, Tandega, but you've actually hinted at it in your last response. So uh, you've already uh, alluded to your own personal history, activism, including the various relationships that you forged. And you are now on another frontier in terms of activism. You're part of the SABC 8. Do you foresee yourself writing your own autobiography and, and, you know, putting the threads together in this tapestry of your own life? I think I'm too young to write a memoir. I I hope the sun is not setting on my life because there's still such a long way to travel. So you think you would have to wait until what you would see is... I just am a journalist who seeks to contribute a number of perspectives, uncover some research and some facts and make those available to the public so that we can all have a discussion and hopefully move society further and make wiser choices. That's all. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Tandega. Looking forward to um, another book, uh, another discussion on it. Uh, If you want to read it, uh, No Longer Whispering to Power, that is by SABC Economics Editor Tandega Kubule.